How you doing, Patty? I'm all right. All right. Tired of shit. <laughs> Same here. It's uh, been a long fucking day, but... Yeah, I would have been there yesterday, but I was fucking out cold, bro. I woke up and I was like, what time is it? Oh, fuck. Let me hit Manny up real quick. Yeah, it happens. Look, yeah, man. We all have those sleepy boy moments. What can I say? Well, in my older age now, and I know I'm going to throw this to you, see if you have anything like this. I'm having a lot of issues with like restless leg or my toes cramping. So sleep for me, at least the last couple of days, has been a fucking bitch, dude. Just trying to fight the stupid ass like toes curling up on their own and shit like that. My legs constantly moving. It just wakes you up anyway. So you're going to stay awake. And then when I go have things to do like this, I'm fucking I'm out. I'm tired as shit. I got nothing. My legs have been beating the hell out of me. So I've been trying to walk my ass off so that way I can sort of exercise them to the point of, uh, you know, death a little bit. Yeah, try and tie them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like a puppy, just like, <laughs> go for a walk, and then you'll yeah. be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. That's Yep. Either that or, either, either that or I was just going to cut them off, and I didn't want to have to go through the bone, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then you still got the phantom leg syndrome, so you're going to feel it anyway. Just because they're not attached doesn't mean they get to rest. But at least if if they're next to my head, I could punch them and be like, now I feel a little satisfaction. Yeah, good point. Well, I mean, you could still punch (laughs) them anyway. That's true. Yeah, but uh, I I don't go through that. But I mean, I have had some issues with sleep apnea being a bigger fella myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. What I've been doing for the past couple weeks is... uh, this taping my mouth shut so I'm forced to breathe through my nose. And I can't... How's that working? I I feel more rested when I sleep for less. But part hmm. of me is concerned that I'm just, like, not being able to breathe still and it's the panic waking me up and it's just... I wake up feeling energized because it's an adrenaline rush of, oh, boy, you can breathe. Yeah. And because I still, like, I don't have a bunch more energy throughout the day or anything. It's just, uh, I guess I'm more likely to notice if I'm dying at night. Right. But yeah, uh, we don't have a podcast to review today. I was thinking it would be an all complaints episode, maybe some bits at the end and just vibe out. You cool with that? Let's go. And also I noticed that, I remember last episode, we had this, you told me the story of your writing process for Kill Tony, but I don't think that made mm-hmm. it into the recording. Do you want to tell that story again? Because I feel like that would be cool to hear. What do you mean? Like, as far as how I, I don't know, explain what writing process. <laughs> I mean, you. Like how I came up with a minute? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Is that what you want to start with? Yeah. All right, so uh, Kill Tony, you guys know they just did the HEB arena, all this shit. It's fucking way bigger than it ever was when I sent in a video. Back then, it was very much a circus, which I liked that part. I liked that it was sort of underground, unhinged nonsense. That's what I liked, too. And I felt like, right, because I never considered myself an actual comedian, but when you watch these fucking people, you're like, all right, I could probably put together a minute. I could do a minute of funny. I think I can. Yeah. And then I had already had stuff, so I was like, all right, let's start writing new stuff. I had already done a show, fuck it, or at least an open mic, right? I had some material, but I also was in this position where I was like, what the fuck, what's worthy? You know, you if, especially you, because you've got a, a buttload of material. It's like, what do we use? What's, what's good for this set? Is it good for these people? Because like I said, the first time I did an open mic, it was all old ass people with fucking walkers and shit. Nobody even my age until I 
was about to go on stage and then there was children involved, you know? Yeah. So thinking about sending this video in to kill Tony, which I had to find the damn email address like five times just to make sure that I had it right. Cause I've sent maybe stuff in three times to different podcasts, right? I don't really fuck with that shit too much. I'm not even a fanboy like that where people buy merch for podcasts. It's insane. So this opportunity shows itself. And it's also with this band, the kill Tony band with Joel Jimenez, Jeremiah Watkins. And I really enjoyed those guys more than I actually enjoyed Tony and red band. You know what I'm saying? I just like the funny characters that they would play shit like yeah, that. The band did used to be a big part. So of course I wanted to for people who, right. And now it's good. I was just going to say for people who are only familiar with the current version of kill Tony, where it's like a professional yeah. band. It used to be yeah. a bunch of Joe Rogan. <laughs> used to be a bunch of wacky like comics who would come in character every episode and do skits yeah. of their own. And they would do wild. It was it was like that's why I say circus. It was insane. There was really no structure other than we're going to probably get some homeless comedians on stage once or twice. So the pandemic hits. They say that they want people to send in videos so they could still keep the show going. And I said, "Fuck, that's a perfect opportunity." I didn't think it was going to do anything for me. It really hasn't done anything for me, but. I accomplished something, right? I put myself in a position. I put myself out there. Fuck it. And what I did is I, I had nine jokes or so that I felt like I could put together into a set and have them flow off of each other. It wasn't perfect, but it was the best thing I had. So I sat there and I recorded it probably a hundred times. Recorded myself doing this set a hundred times because I needed to get it under a minute, like 59 seconds. So I did it over and over and over and over again. And by the time I was done, you just kind of hate all the jokes anyways. But also, I was under the impression that if I did this Kill Tony video, send it in, I'm not interviewing. They're just going to play my thing and then talk about my comedy, my background, whatever the fuck it is, right? Turns out I get an email the day after I send it in, and they're like, hey, we really liked your tape. like to have you interview around this time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm actually going to be on the show. That was, not my, that was not my plan. Now, if you go back and you watch the episode, it was somewhere in the 400s. They played me right after David Lucas and then right before William Montgomery. So obviously that's not going to help. It's not like they were coming on the show via cam doing bits, doing jokes. They were doing bits. So like William would have no shirt on making spaghetti or whatever. Hey guys, you know what I mean? Just shtick stuff, right? Yeah. But because now this is also back when I was doing most of my podcasting in a closet. Okay. I had, I had a set up a closet with a little desk in there and shit so I could get avoid any extra sound. And I was still in there. When Tony, you know, says, hey, we're going to do this interview. And I'm sitting in there for probably 20 minutes. I got to watch my own tape on the show. And then they bring me in. And my internet shit, absolute garbage. It kept cutting out. I talked to Tony for like two minutes. And then they sent me on my way. He made a joke about my background, all this shit. But outside of that, man, that's probably about it. As far as the writing process, you know, my first attempt at really sending something in to showcase what I can do, I suppose. Uh, and it was just a fun experience, oh, man. I'll just say that. I wanted to ask how did you – I wanted to pick which jokes you were going to go through with because – The way I've always seen comedy, and at least in my mind, the best versions of comedy is when somebody can start with a joke and then call it back at the very end. And there's an explosion. You know what I mean? Where they're like, oh, shit, I forgot he said that thing. He brought it all the way. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's very mathematical to me, okay? And that was my whole goal. I was like, I want to start with something simple, say something stupid about how I look. Oh, I look like Bobby, uh, Bobby Hill. If he didn't get into propane, but he does work at a gas station, self-deprecating, jump in on the ginger thing, Bobby Hill. I've been called this before. Fuck it. And then I was just like redheads. Then I continue and, and I had to put in the miscarriage joke as well, just because it was one of my favorites. So the first probably two or three 
flowed together, and then the last four probably flowed together. However many, you know, that's not the right numbers, but you see what I'm saying? Out of the nine jokes I had, some of them were more of a one-liner type of thing, whereas two, maybe two or three of them were actual detailed jokes. But again, had no idea. Much like my first two sets that, first two open mics that I've ever done, there's no format. I don't know what I'm doing. I just have bullet points of shit that I want to say. Hopefully it works out. But I want to get to the point I wanted to, not so much anymore, but I wanted to get to the point where it would flow. Like I had a set because I still don't. I have jokes just out of place everywhere. Hey, here's a good joke about living in a trailer park. Here's a good joke about cooking a hamburger on a lava lamp. Those could work together if I could figure out how to do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. Like it's there. It's just harder than people think. That's why everybody does kill Tony. They're like, oh, a minute? That's so easy. I could tell one story. Yeah, I was actually going to say in my experience, it's easier to do stuff with uh callbacks and jokes that flow together if it's a larger set but especially if it's like an open mic or a new idea you just want to see if this joke works by itself and then maybe later on you can piece them together to flow but that's also just my style because a, a lot of people have criticized me for just going from joke to joke but me i'm like i don't care when when i need to i make them fit but it was right. specifically the the miscarriage joke that I remember you talking about last time that stuck out to me because you had a very like specific way that you knew like, oh yeah, this one's a banger. Oh yeah, it's because I shared it out loud and I got told that never to share the joke. And when, when somebody tells you that you shouldn't tell that joke, that's the fucking joke, man. That's the one. <laughs> And as soon as I found that, I was like, okay, well, that's I got to use that one almost every time. Yeah. As soon as someone was like, never say that out loud again, you're like, well, now you've, yeah. now you've lost my head and I've got to say it out loud to yeah. so as big as an audience as possible. Well, the worst part was is it kind of went unnoticed. He basically, Tony was like, oh, that joke about diabetes and wearing a tablecloth, that should have been first. Like, what? So I go on stage. Hey, everybody, welcome to the stage, Patrick Michael. Hey, guys, uh, if life is like a box of chocolates, what do we tell? You know, how do I start with that? It just seems weird. I feel like I should do a little bit of introductory shit about myself first. You know, hey, I'm a fucking ginger. Yes, I look like Bobby Hill if he didn't get into propane, but he does work at a gas station. It's spot on. Look at my tattoos. Come on, man. Yeah. I, I actually never saw the set. I do watch a lot of Kill Tony, but I purposely skipped all the pandemic episodes. Just because it wasn't the same, <laughs> didn't have the same mm-hmm. magic. But yeah, I, I just remember like you talking about. I was like, yeah, I told so and so that I had this one joke, and they were just horrified, and that's how I knew I had to tell everyone. Is this funny? Now my joke. Now my jokes are. I want all the smoke. Said the world's toughest firefighter. You know what I mean? I'm very. Yeah. <clears throat> we're dumbing it down. You, We're simplifying it now. You, you have to do that a lot at the time. A, a lot of uh, joke writing is coming up with a high-level idea and then figuring out, okay, how can I explain why this is funny to a simpleton? Because that's who's probably going to be in the audience. Is Well, it's not, it's not even like I feel like they, they're lacking the ability to get from A to B. They just don't it's, think the same way that you do. That's not even that either. I'm thinking you're shit-faced. Right. Most cases, you're pretty fucked up in the in the comedy club watching comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's even harder for you to get to A to B. So the simpler it is, the simpler because then they're going to think about the joke afterwards and be like, oh, OK, 
it, the sober mind, you're able to get there a little bit faster. Maybe even, you know, the crackhead mind, you might be able to find another way. Yeah. But in the clubs, these people are hammered on beers and wines and liquors and things like that. So it's like, it does seem simpler to just say the one thing rather than add all these, these extra elements and somehow hope that that's going to be like easier because you gave them more details, make them laugh harder. You're like, oh, if I just say it this way, we're good. Because yeah, some people aren't the brightest in the crowd, but nor are we. That's why we have these thoughts. Yeah. A normal person would yeah. be like, ah, who cares? That's fair. But they're boring. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I, I say simple to digest, but it's mostly just someone who's not looking for the joke in the same way. They're coming with a, hey, you make me laugh type attitude, not the, let me see what you're thinking or saying, and if it's a good idea, they're like, oh, well, where's the punch? You know? Yeah. Thank you for telling that story, because I was feeling very low energy this time, and I was like, all right, I'll just, like, let Patty loose to... Hell yeah. Start things out. Um, we're doing all complaints today. I think that it was recorded when I said that earlier. And I want to start out with the complaint of uh, silencing black voices. Because... It's a good one. Yes. I was doing a friend's podcast sometime last week. And it was my first time on his show. And he told me, this is definitely going to be our most edited episode yet. And I'm like, all the stuff that you're editing out is the jokes that I was making. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is supposed to be, I'm supposed to be keeping this secret or anyone's going to, or people should know that, like, what podcast I was on by the time it comes out. But... Since you guys, it's only Oxmad listening, I think it's fair to tell him. I was on Tony from Hack the Movie show. We reviewed a little movie called uh, Soul Man. Have you ever heard of Soul Man, Patty? Is that uh, Bernie Mac? No, that's what I thought when he first told me that was the movie we we would review. Soul Man is an 80s movie. It had like a bunch of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off type vibes, but it okay. it was about a guy who gets into Harvard and then realizes he can't afford it because his rich dad doesn't want to pay his way anymore. So he decides to go for the black student scholarship, and he spends the entire movie in blackface. Oh wow! Yes, and Tony. This Italian paisan has seen my comedy. He knows that I like to get edgy, especially with racial stuff. So, and he mm-hmm. picked this movie specifically for me. So, I don't know how you pick a movie about a guy doing blackface for two hours and expect me not to make edgy jokes. Right. So, it, it's basically the reason why I'm telling you and the audience this is. I want you to get on Tony's ass. Twitter.com slash hack the movies or whatever his name is and tell him release the Snyder Cut or the nigger cut as it's probably going to be called (laughs) because (laughs) I I did drop some soft A's, multiple soft A's, and he told me that he got 100 episodes 
without using that word, but <laughs> he he also went a hundred episodes without having many muskets on, and you know the muskets yeah, gonna yeah. shoot. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that's basically it. Just tell Tony hashtag release the Snyder Cut wherever you find him. Comment on whatever dumb Holt movie he's reviewing right now. Let him know. Manny muskets cannot be silenced. Okay. What he's doing is actually more racist than letting me say the word by letting me not speak how I naturally speak in the way that I only speak when in front of a camera or a microphone. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, did So uh, did did you actually have to watch the movie? Yeah, I watched it. And we've been, we've been planning this for a long time. It was actually supposed to come out before Martin Luther King Day, but Tony's dad got sick. So I watched the movie, I took notes, and one of my favorite things about the movie was there were two characters, and their whole job for the whole movie was to say, like, old-school racist jokes throughout the whole thing. And I'm watching, and I just took notes on every setup that they gave, but I forgot to, I didn't write down the punchlines. I was like, I'm going to make Tony guess what the punchline is. And by the time we recorded, I forgot what they were. So I was just having him be like, okay, it's Tony, what do you call one white boy surrounded by 10 black men? And made him guess what the punchline to these like 80s racism jokes were. Right, right. It was a fun time. I think the review's going to be good either way, but I would like for my voice to not be silenced. Yeah, he's probably got a Patreon. Throw it up there. Yeah, exactly. Make him some of that blackface money. Exactly. I I told him put it on uh, <laughs> put it on Rumble if you have to. Just release it. There you go. And then uh, it's, I, I got him a special gift. I I think I should leave what the gift was a surprise, but it was a funny joke, and uh, he he was not happy about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there you go, guys. Check out. Hack the movie with Manny. Yeah, so bad. It's might be your first first episode you've ever watched or listened to of that guy, but it's a good one to start with. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's been edited to hell. Exactly. Do you know who Hack the Movies is? Of course. Really? I did a- not be not on purpose. The guy's been in my chat before. He's offered me to come on his show. It, nah, we're good. But yeah, I know who he is. Oh, I I didn't know. I've ate I did. I've ate enough pizza, dude. We're good. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't know that you were familiar with them. I'm not as familiar as the average person. I just I know Hack the movies. That's what I know. Okay. It'll stick with you when somebody calls themselves Hack. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. But yeah, he he was a nice guy. He's nearby. We went out for some drinks after the fact, and then I got a ride home, and I need to send him an invoice. Was, wait, <laughs> did you go out to drinks after this? Yeah. After he told you that he was going to edit it? Yeah. Oh, damn. So he was like, I'll take you for a drink. We're going to have to edit out most of the things you said, though. But uh, here's some beer. <laughs> Basically. I mean, I had fun recording with him regardless. And I... You're not going to listen to even the edited version anyways. Probably not. I mean, I'm... Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't listen to his regular show. To start with, I'm, right. I've been familiar with it. I've it's come up in my YouTube, but I just uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a big '80s movie guy. Um, 
I'm not a big movie guy in general, so I'll, I think he's usually has a much cleaner show than what I do. Uh, it seems like the more like kid friendly type. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> then he let the muskets loose. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, what did he expect was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, from if, if he knows me at all, he he got exactly what he should have expected. <laughs> Right, right. All right. Uh, would you like to go with the complaint now? Uh, I don't really have anything off the top of my head. Okay. Well, well, I could say this. My car's been pissing me off lately. I got to complain about that a little bit. Oh. Manny, you still got your clips in the shop and stuff, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I just I fixed mine like four different times now. I put a new alternator in it. New starter, new brakes, all this shit. And the other day I went to pick up my kid from school, and somehow – I hit a pothole or something. I ended up in like three different spots. And like between going from the second to the third spot, I hit this pothole. And and you know how when you really hit a pothole, it sounds like your rim just got bent? Yes. Okay. So that's what I feel. Just a boom. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I keep driving. Everything's fine. Pick him up. And as we're going back home, I hear a scraping. Like, what the fuck is scraping now? It sounded like my, like, uh, my vents were clogged for my heat. So as I turn the heat on and off, the, the thing would go away. But then I get back home and I finally look underneath and there's this giant pa- uh, plastic piece that's hanging underneath the front of the front of my car, the front passenger side on the ground. But it's still connected to the car, but there's a giant piece stuck on the ground still, right? So depending on how I drive, turning, you don't hear it at all. But just driving straight, it's just this constant. <sighs> so I guess that's my first complaint today. I don't really know how to elaborate on that other than probably my fucking fault it's just so annoying because my history with cars has always been kind of dismal you know and this was one of the first cars that i actually spent a lot of money on and i was really happy with the purchase you know really looked for a quality car does that make sense instead of just getting the first thing that i could that's the cheapest and i get this car and we do everything we're fi- we fix it up multiple times and then now i hit a fucking pothole and it basically makes it undrivable cool dude i'll just walk then that's where I'm at now. I'm just going to fucking walk, dude. Fuck it. I wish we had a transit system. Believe me. Fucking, I take a subway. God damn it. Fuck this piece of shit. And then, of course, I'll go and, I'll tr- I'll go and try and sell it, and I won't get half as much as I made for the fucking thing. How much I paid for the thing. Excuse me. This is what it is, man. It is uh, upsetting as fuck, though, because it's such a simple thing. You know, hitting a pothole. Yeah. But that's what happens every time the snow leaves because you got all these plows just fucking destroying the road. So the, the road that you're used to driving on that doesn't have any issues, it's now, you know, there's craters in the fucking ground. But, of course, the city's not going to pay to fix my car. Why would they? It's not their fault. Kind of is, though, right? Fucking bastards. Like, I, I, it's just so annoying because the last problem I had, dude, is I had to change my battery. Because when my, when my alternator was fucking up, the car would work from time to time. But then it got to a certain point where there was nothing. And all I'm thinking is for sure... This battery has been ran dry because we put in the new alternator. It still wouldn't start up automatically, right? So I had a warranty on the battery. Take the battery in, get a brand new one for nothing, put it in. Car works fine, flawless. Okay, and then I hit a fucking pothole. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So what is my real complaint? Is it my car? Is it the potholes? Is it the lack of public transit? What is it? There's so many there. A lot of options. I'm gonna go with potholes. Because that's one I can elaborate on. I mean, 
It's insane. The whole the whole story sucks. I I used to have a pothole near one of my old houses that anytime I hit it, my windshield wipers would turn on. And Jesus Christ. I was high the first couple times it happened, so I didn't realize like, oh yeah, it's that pothole that's the problem. And it was like in the middle of a major road that like an intersection in such a way that I couldn't even swerve to avoid it because there'd be traffic on both sides of me. <laughs> right. And I was just like, every time I was like, damn, I feel like I'm gonna like break my, break the axle between my yeah. front tires right now because this pothole is just so hard. But yeah, the fucking not having a car has been miserable. I'm actually in the process of saving up to just buy a new piece Get of shit. Yeah, yeah, instead of uh, yep. fixing the that one, one for eight months. Yeah, <laughs> fucking rock. It's so ridiculous. I, I feel like it's such a stupid, you know, poor person thing to say, but it's a hundred percent fact. Cars to me have always been a burden. Right? I can't. I'm not. I'm not rich enough to go lease a new vehicle every year or buy a vehicle from fucking. Kia or whatever the place is, I got to go to some subpar lot with a guy with a fucking dirty polo coming out trying to convince me to buy this station wagon. I'm not getting the newest and latest, you know, 2025, whatever the fuck, right? So every car I've had, it's always been, oh, $400 here for that, $300 for here, $1,600 for that. And then you go and finally say, fuck it, I'm done and sell it. You get $200. You're like, what the fuck was I trying so hard to keep this thing alive for? Exactly. I'm in the same boat where, well, when I was younger, I was always under the impression like, oh, there's no point in buying a new car because that's what I know with a new car ends up buying a new one in three years anyway. So I might as well just buy a shitty one, run that down for three yeah. years. And at the end of the day, it's just like I've saved money. And then immediately, like when I'm in the position where I could be buying a new cars, I immediately have a kid, and now I need a good car, but raising the kid is so expensive in other ways that I can no longer afford a new car anymore, so I'm back to being broke, and it's uh, very frustrating, but at least I'm in Philly now where we have public transportation, and because if it happened when I was still in Delaware, I might have just... Unalived myself, got a Greenland or something. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. But uh, here's 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 the the best way I could. I've always explained it to myself. Life in general, I guess, is it's always been like I'm going up a, a escalator that's going down. Yeah. So basically, yeah. what it means is like I can only get so far up this escalator before I'm down again. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's always going down. I'm fighting it, trying to go up. Nope, back down. You see what I'm saying? So I only get maybe halfway and then fucking right back to the bottom. It's a pretty good analogy for the whole situation, you know? Uh, God damn. Shut the escalator off. That just stares. There's also this guy named Sisyphus who I think would be a good analogy. But Oh, the, the rock? Yeah, he, he was the rock guy. The guy. Uh, uh, He's, uh, I was... Mix that up with Prometheus for some reason. I have no idea why. Uh, they, Is that even a god? Uh, I don't. So, I don't think Sisyphus was a god. Um, I mean, it's been a while since I studied my Greek mythology, but they sure, same. They were both punished by like Hades, pretty much. So Promethe- okay. Prometheus brought fire to people, 
And then he was punished in a way that his liver got eaten out every day by crows, and then it would grow back and then get eaten out again. Right. So, you know. Fun stuff. Kinky, but. (laughs) Who was the guy that pushed the rock then? Who was the guy that pushed the rock up the hill every day? That was Sisyphus. I don't know what his okay. tribe was, but he just had to. It was. I think he taught. I think he he taught humans fire. No, that was Prometheus. Okay, so well, there's Greek mythology from us guys. Welcome to the man pad. We are not good at this. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but it... I know Kronos was the father of Zeus, and he he ate all the kids, right? Yes. All right. Next topic. Nailed it. Uh. So this next complaint I've had for a while, but I went to look back, and I'm not even sure I can still make it as a complaint. But it was going to be all of Patty's complaints so far indicate that he doesn't understand the point of our complaints. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, well... I have, I have not... I've also not made it seem like I have the idea. <laughs> so at least let's, let's acknowledge that. Yeah, that's fair. I hear and I don't know, shoes, dude. Fucking what? Exactly. No, go ahead. No, I, I feel like I haven't, I never did a good job of explaining it. I was just like, yeah, we're going to rip off. Here's what I don't get. Right. And then I'm like, have you heard of here's what I don't get? And you're like, nah, but I get the idea. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it, here's what I look at. We've given it our best shot, all right? They can't be mad at us for trying. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But actually, they can't. They probably will be. Never try again is what they'll say. Uh, well, we're going to push that boulder back up the hill, you know. <laughs> Who gives yeah, a fuck? You're goddamn right. Someone, uh, crow's going to eat my liver. Yeah. Our liver's And we'll be back. back to the same thing. We're going to be in this bitch. But yeah, uh, so one of the things that's uh, annoyed me about the episode so far is when you'll come with like three different complaints and then ask me to pick which one, and then be like, yeah, I don't feel passionately about any of these complaints. <laughs> because yeah. the, the goal was to have it, like, even if you don't feel passionate about, it should be something that you cared en- enough about to at least defend for why it was an issue itself, try to make me pick and choose and defend for you. Right. I didn't understand that that was the game we were playing. Yeah, I thought it was just, hey... Yes, and here's why I'm complaining about theater kids. How do you feel about them? Instead, it was like, hey, theater kids are gay. And then you're like, well, they're doing a thing that's very important for the, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we weren't on the same side. We were kind of, yeah, exactly. who's right, you know? Yeah. That, Which I wasn't aware of that until like episode three. And then we kind of stopped doing it. <laughs> I know. We, we haven't been consistent with the format at all either. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm... it's a choose your it, it's it's an experiment. We've been figuring it out as we go along. But yeah, I, I figured we both take turns. Explain. Explain. Was it was would it have made more sense had I been more passionate about the thing I'm complaining about to argue for it? Yeah. Or if it was something that's uh less broad? A less broad, B more specific, and also just something that lets the people know about you and how you think towards it's been a lot of Oh, well that's exactly how I think, man. <laughs> my thing is like I'm very upset. I, all my shit is very much road rage. Think about it like that. I'm only upset at this person or this thing for a very specific amount of time and then I'm over it. I don't care at all. I have zero passion. I forgot even why I was upset. Yeah. That's fair. 
But yeah, it's been a lot of stuff that I felt like anybody could have complained about. It's like, I wanted something with that patty flair, you know. And also... Those were real, real, 100%. The ones that I wrote down are literal complaints. But then it's like, well, these are complaints that you really can't change or do anything about. You live to... Like potholes, what are we supposed to do about that shit? That's fair, but... Complaints of the city? Cabo as fashion is one that I wrote down. I'm like, yeah, that's... Hey, do you have a story of encountering that recently? Like, was, did you have road rage about someone, not road rage specifically, but was there someone in Camo that enraged you? And you're like, no, but I just thought it's something to complain about or anything mm-hmm. like that. When I say it's like we want to get you to know who you are better through your complaints, I feel like, yeah, it's something that you can tell a story about. And even if it's not a big deal, it, for complaint, it's like uh, it's kind of a cheeky thing where right. the complaint is just a avenue to tell the story, and what you yourself choose to complain about is. Uh, oh, so you were expecting me to come in here and be like, "Oh, Carl Hamburger's a fucking queer." <laughs> what I did? What? No, I don't. That's how much I don't really care well, about most things. Yeah, that's just my mentality. Man. I don't. I'm not passionate about camo camo as flash as fashion. That doesn't matter at all. But I think it's ugly. And that was my complaint about it. it was, none, everybody takes it too seriously. If you want it to be serious, it's going to be a different podcast, and I'm going to talk a lot less. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's still figure out the format. But I do want to get something sort of figured out because it would be. Sure, yeah. It, it would be nice for our audience to have an idea of what to expect each week. That's, that's what I've been thinking about yeah. lately because it. I, I know it's been a lot of like us just playing around with different formats and stuff, but it's also what what's the goal of like what's the point of how, how can we make it sustainable? Because at, at first I was just thinking of it as an experiment. I honestly didn't think you'd be interested in doing the podcast when I asked, and then. I hate podcasting. <laughs> that's fair. Hey, that's my next complaint. Fuck it. See you next week, guys. <laughs> podcasting overall. Here's a story. So this guy, this guy talked a bunch of shit to me, trashed me. Uh, it's not Carl. It was one of his cronies, I would imagine. Okay. I'm not afraid to name him. He goes by Levi. And uh, he trashed me a whole bunch. And then some, somehow he starts messaging me on Patreon talking about I'm talking shit to his kids on Snapchat. What? Buddy, never had Snapchat. <laughs> but how does it feel to taste your own medicine, you fucking weirdo? So there you go. There's a real story in relation to why I hate podcasting. Yeah. People take it too seriously. What, what am I, Bill Nye the Science Guy? I got to change your life. You got to email me that I saved you from killing yourself? Fuck that. I'm here to have fun. That's it. Exactly. That is absurd. Talk my shit. Fucking, uh... I've got a complaint since we're throwing them out now, and it's uh, fucking the the very nice lady who I called a cunt on Facebook a few months ago now runs the only mic in Philadelphia, which yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very you didn't much. Say that that was lady. <laughs> you didn't say that was the lady. When we first started talking, you just said you called a lady a cunt. Now he's now he's revealing he called her a cunt on Facebook, and she runs the mic. Well, that's incredible. She didn't run the mic at the time that I called her a cunt. <laughs> okay. At first, she was just 
some bitch who used to run a mic that anyone could sign up for. And I signed up and I was like, okay, you guys are not doing this in order. You're treating me like it's my first time doing comedy. I've been here many years. I'm I'm not going to say that I'm funnier than all the people at that mic, but I'm funnier than most sure. of the people at that mic. And a lot of... Yeah, you had the experience. <laughs> yeah, I had the experience. And a lot of the people at that mic knew me. So it was kind of just like I, I made a minor complaint about it as a joke. And I figured, hey, whatever. This, no one's going to take this seriously. They'll all laugh because someone's right. complaining about that same mic like every other week and whatever. So I make my complaint. I forget about it. And then she's on, she's on my, in my comments calling me a dot for no reason. All this shit about how I feel entitled and blah, blah, blah. And some guy who's just been in comedy two weeks. And I'm like, dude, I've been doing it for a while. If you ask literally any of your friends, because we know a lot of the same people, Philadelphia is a small state. They'll tell us it's a small city. They'll tell you that, like, they'll tell you who I am and that, like, yeah, don't take me seriously. And also, he's funny. It is kind of fucked up that we treated him like it was the first time. But instead, she goes on this thing, and I just say, hey, I don't have time to come up with a funny response for, to you. So how about your return? And I moved on with my day. Then she continues. So she continues talking shit in my comments. And at that point, I do have time. So I start responding to shit, and she's like, Blah, blah, blah. Why are you complaining like a little bitch? When I first went to that mic, I went through this and this, and all these people went through this and this, and you don't see us complaining about it like a little bitch. And I'm like, here you are, years after the fact, literally complaining about it like a literal bitch. So what do you want? And that's when she got pissed. And she DMs me, (laughs) and she says like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get every book I know to put you on a negative interest list. You're going to be blackballed in all of Philadelphia. We don't have space in this community for people who use the C word in comedy. And I'm like, okay, I don't take that seriously at all. Um, and as a matter of fact, I spent the rest of the week calling to us cut at every mic I went to. It was, <laughs> it was one of my favorite jokes that I wrote. It was like, have you ever been joking around and like accidentally said something that was offensive? Like you see someone crying and you're like, oh, why so sad? It's not like someone's dying. And they look to you and, and it's like, oh, my brother just got diagnosed with cancer. And then you're like, oh, shit. I didn't know that someone was dying when I made the joke. This is a paraphrase of the joke. It's been a while since I said it. But it was, uh, well, one time I'm fooling around. I'm just being innocently joking. And I'm like, hey, you're a cunt. And then she flips out. And I'm like, I didn't know you were a cunt when I said it. And it's funny because everyone knew who I was talking about. Most of them agreed that she was a cunt. And everyone was like, don't worry about her. She doesn't matter. It's this and that. Well, yeah. I mean, without being a cunt, how did she get to run the open mic? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that's the necessary steps. So there's one guy in particular. His name's Jay Simpson. 
pretty funny guy. Uh, he's a guitar comic, but he's a nice. funny guitar comic, so I'm, I don't hold it as much against him as I should. But he runs a mic that I was interested in performing at called Ladder 15. And it's the only mic in Philly where you get more than five minutes at a time. You get 15 minutes. And it's actually a paid spot. The only thing is, not many people can do it every week. So he has to, like, approve you and co-sign you. I knew him. He was a nice guy. I'm like, all right, I'll do it eventually. I wasn't in a rush to do it or anything. Around the time that uh, LaMare actually moved to Austin, same time, Jay Simpson moves to New York. And I've just lost the two coolest guys that I know in Philly. And guess who Jay Simpson pits to replace himself as the host of the Ladder 15 mic? I don't know. The lady? The cunt? Yeah, this bitch who shall remain nameless. But it's the cunt. So now I'm looking at all my peers being booked for (laughs) this mic that I want to go to. And I'm like, hey, I could do that. I could be on it. But I've already called her a cunt. And if I admit that that she has something that I want, then I lose. So... Now what do I do? I'm now I'm just like the Squidward meme where he's like looking out the window at SpongeBob and Patrick having fun, mm-hmm. and it's just like if only. And it's all because Manny. It's all because she's not British. <laughs> you know what I mean? If she was British, Australian, fucking, that's a, a term of endearment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's my son and my two daughters, the cunts, um, over here. <laughs> It means nothing. Yeah. Stop taking it too seriously. Yeah. If you're running a fucking open mic, you shouldn't take things too seriously. Yeah, she, I mean, she is a cut. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Just anyone who wasn't wouldn't take it that seriously. But it is. That's true. Got me there. Yeah. So that's what I, I guess that's my complaint is cuts who take offense to being called cuts when it's an accurate description. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when. I don't remember how this goes, but being called a bitch when I was in probably junior high, when you first start really saying the bitch word, when you call a girl a bitch and she'd have a perfect retort, she'd be like, a bitch is a dog, a dog barks, barks a part of a tree, a tree is a part of nature, nature's beautiful, I'm proud to be a bitch. You're like, where the fuck did you come up with that? What the fuck? That's too, you know what I mean? Where'd you come up with that? Who taught you that? You nasty ass aunt? Who taught you that? It wasn't your mom. No fuck. you know what I mean? Have you ever heard anything like this? No. God, I hated it, dude. I hated it. It's like, just accept that you're a bitch. You are accepting it, but I didn't need the poetry afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was trying to hurt your feelings. Now you're like, I'm going to be a bitch because dogs. I'm like, whatever. That, that is some female-ass logic, too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always got to be poetic, too, yeah. you know? It, it, it's funny because it's like the same le- It sounds like I'm rubber and you're glue. <laughs> it is, yeah. With more words. That's yeah. it. There's just some more words. But God damn it. You're like, she knew that one too? Because you tried to call another woman a bitch and fucking she's got the same thing down. Get in that tattoo, bitch. They probably do. I'm, I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if one of my sisters gets that tattoo. Barks apart in nature. In nature. Oh, it's fucking retarded, dude. Whatever. Insane. But there was, it wasn't even just for bitch either. There was a couple different ones where people would be like, I'm rubber, you're glue. You know, that type of shit. It's like, okay, stop talking. There's a whole bitch information network. <laughs> 
it's all it's bitch deflects. I think <laughs> bitch and cunt deflects. I gotta find them. Every woman's got one. Uh, I'm not a cunt because this. Uh, see, this is why I like the bad pad. Great complaint, Patty. <laughs> Breaking it down. I think that. that's a real complaint. Yeah. My, my complaint is when a, a bitch deflects being a bitch. Fucking accept it. Know who you are. No. Now this is the podcast I envisioned. <laughs> Calling women bitches. We're just, yeah, we, we're getting somewhere. We're not going to have any female fans, but we will have some bitches. You know? Yeah. No. I love you, bitch. Cut bitch. That, isn't that weird? That's, that's, a, that's a crazy dichotomy there of the word bitch where it's like, you got this. You could you could tell your wife that she's your ride or die bitch. She takes no offense, right? But you call her a bitch while she's making dinner because she she you know whatever reason, right? It's out of context and she's all of a sudden offended. But you're my ride or die bitch. It's the same. Exactly. All right, get upset. Yeah, that's what bitches do. <laughs> you can't control it. So, not a complaint, but. I'm curious. How, how do you feel about the podcast so far? What What's your general opinions? What directions do you want to take it in? Do you actually have a problem with us bringing in guests? Because I heard you mention that you didn't think it was the greatest idea, but she didn't tell me directly. So, I'm, No, I don't care. Okay. I'm just trying to stir up some fucking shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. You want promotion, dude? I'll help us get it. I promise. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I saw that, and I knew that the anger was fake. But I was also like, "You are making like legitimate points that maybe we should talk about." <laughs> it's still a good idea, though, for the for just to go through and every episode we're doing a different type of podcast gimmick. Yeah, I. Hey, now this episode we got guests. Next episode we're doing art. I don't, you know what I mean? Whatever. I do like that. The following episode, kill Tony. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just have comedians come to our mics at our houses. Hey, uh, do do a minute, uh, Steve. <laughs> That'd be fucked up, but also it could work. Yeah, I, I like that, but I also feel like that's a, how many gimmicks can we come up with? Like that's not I know, I know. that's not as serious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, all right, this episode we're doing sports. Uh, next week, uh, hate. I don't know. You know what? How about we do a movie one? This one's a movie. We'll do a movie one next week. <laughs> Because I'm not, not going to lie. My ultimate goal is to be able to completely phone in this podcast. To be like, we've got, a, we've got a formula. We stick to it. It's the same every week. The fans know yeah. what to expect. Okay. That's better than trying new things. Yeah, exactly. Let's get comfortable. Yeah, just complete comfortable. Because that's all the people want. They just want something to listen yeah. to in the background while they're chopping onions. Absolutely. So it's like stop dissecting. Yeah. So it's like why why try hard and like this doesn't have to be wrestling. We don't have to be Vince McMahon. We can just Right. Just fucking woo way, you know what I yeah. mean? Fucking effort without effort. Exactly. I I do like I was watching one of your live streams and you were like, Yeah, I just figured out a lot of Comedians who are podcasters use their podcast to promote their stand-up. <laughs> that is not what I said. That was... Uh, that is not what I said. I was talking about Shane Gillis, and I was making a point that he got popular on his podcast before he got big as a stand-up. 
promoting the, that had nothing to do with promotion. What I'm saying is that promoted his personal life, right? Being on the podcast, talking to Matt, that's personal. Now people know him. They think they know him personally, right? Because of the podcast, it's made it easier to listen to his stand up, to watch his stand up, made people more of a fan of his stand up. Whereas a lot of other people, they start with comedy first and they go doing stand up and then start a podcast. So now everybody sees this character that you're playing on stage sort of being portrayed in the podcast, but not really because it's supposed to be really you, but you're still doing bits. See what I'm saying? It's kind of backwards. It works in reverse too. Some it, some people have had success in both ways. Yeah. But I, I noticed Shane Gillis having such a great podcast that was noticed by the people at SNL where he says bad things, and then he becomes this global fucking sensation. It has to do with people wanting to get to that personal side of you and connect. Even if they don't know you personally, it's like, well, Shane said his his dog Tibble or his cat Tibble, you know what I mean? Like shit like that. It's more relating. So that way when he goes on stage, it, okay, put it this way. Put it in perspective like this. Tom Segura is the opposite. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like his podcast is yeah. used, but he uses the podcast stuff as stand-up bits. Like his fans are coming to see him because of the podcast as much as the stand-up, but he's also using jokes from the podcast as stand-up. Whereas Shane's thing, it seems all the way through. Everything's the same. It's fluid. From the podcast to the stand-up. It, I don't know. That's just my perspective. I wasn't whatever you were saying was not what I was saying. The promotion thing makes sense. Sure, that's why everybody started podcasting in the beginning, especially comedians. Hey, we don't gotta have. We can phone this in, but we can promote our dates. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whereas to me, it felt like they were making content. Shane and Matt were making stuff in the beginning. They were putting out things and then going out of their way doing sketch stuff, and then boom, he blows up. And it's like, I'm sure it's not true. This is just my perspective. Maybe it's because they knew him more. Maybe they got. They got to know him better because of the podcast, the hour each week, the Patreon, shit like that. Yeah, That's just my own theory, and I'm sure there's no actual evidence to it. But if it works that way, why wouldn't more comedians do it that way? Hey, do your open mics, start a podcast. Let people into that other side of your world. I mean, oh, That way when you go on stage, they're like, oh, he's a person. A lot of people do. And even if you do it the other because an example I was thinking of is Bobby Lee, who... He was very famous before he even started a podcast, like sure. well-established as a comedian. But then he said multiple times, it was like, yeah, I had trouble selling dates until people got to know me through my podcast because right. I, and good example. the only reason that it worked, the only reason that I did it is because I saw everyone else was doing it. So it's mm-hmm. also like a, I know you're not a big Town fan, or are you? I mean, I know the, I know the guys. I never really listened, but... That, that's fair. Uh, yeah, they also were, like, long-time stand-ups before they started their podcast. And then, mm-hmm. no fame. Everybody starts, yeah. <laughs> right. And okay. then as soon as people get to know them through their podcast, all of a sudden, ticket sales are up, even though... Their stand-up might not be on the same level as their podcasting. People at least know what to expect and who they are from their podcasting. Right. You see stuff, you know he's a well, fat bastard. You see, yeah. you see Nick. The Bobby, yeah. The Bobby Lee thing is a, a great example, though, where you're absolutely right. Where it's like somebody whose career was sort of teetering, and then they start this one thing that was their idea, their plan, and it does well and it benefits them in many ways. Yeah. You know, whether like Bobby Lee's probably getting acting roles because of how big his, his name has gotten just from his podcast. Yeah. 
And that's good. That's what everybody wants. I'll correct myself. That's not what everybody wants, but it is nice, you know, to get other opportunities because of your podcast. Like if you had no intentions of doing anything other than podcasting and somebody came up to you and was like, hey, we'd like to have you in this movie. Wouldn't that be absurd? But when it's somebody who has that drive, they have that intention. It is nice. Where it's like, oh, fuck, I'm getting the, like Andrew Schultz is another example where it's like people want him to do this and this and this and this because of his popularity. It's not it's not just because he's funny. Exactly. It's the name. Yeah. And that's that's the thing about podcasting in general is because I, as a guy who does a lot of stand up, I really like stand up more than podcasting. It's a different animal. It's live. You, yeah. you get the reaction real time of people are really enjoying this or they're not enjoying this. And there's something I need to change and you get to figure it out as a puzzle versus like podcasting. It just seems like shouting into the ether. Even if people do enjoy it, it's like you don't really get to experience them enjoying it. Yeah. And, but then the other thing is like stand up, no matter how good you are at it. You can only do it to a room full of people at a time. Whereas podcasting, you can do to millions of people at a time. Or even if you do it like once, millions of people can hear it later on in time and it can blow up after the fact. Like uh, OP and Anthony, I'm never a fan of their radio show as a kid. In fact, I'm still not. But when I thank you, when I went on my Patrice O'Neill deep dive, I fell in love with Patrice O'Neill because of his appearances on Opie and Anthony, and that was the only reason to listen to the show. In my opinion, I still don't like Opie or Anthony, but I love Patrice O'Neill because of the time he spent on that show. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but I like that. I guess since we brought up the complaint thing, I know what an actual good complaint would be is mine would be bandwagons. I really am disturbed by a bandwagon. That makes sense. I don't like, I don't like collectives, man. I don't like when a group of people defend a thing. It's just a weird, I don't know. I like individuality, man. And, and being unique. I'm not saying that that's me. I'm just saying that that's what I, that's what I'm, I lean towards yeah, that's what rather than, towards. Oh, everybody likes King of the Hill. I must check it out then. I mean, Oh, everybody likes uh, Scrubs. I better go check it out then because, you know, my, my friend Brian likes it. He says it's the best show he's ever seen. Well, I better go watch it. I better become a fan. Otherwise, Brian's not going to like me. People are so scared of opposite opinions. It's it's disturbing. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we differ on because I'll check it out, but I'm going to form my own opinion. Everyone else can like exactly. it, but I don't like it. Back to spoiler alert. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like you can tell me what, all your feelings about this shit. You can tell me how bad it is. But I'm still going to check it out to, to see. Are you right? Can I agree with you? Do I have to agree with you? No. Does that mean we can't be friends? No. But that's how people live their lives now. Is that because of the political spectrum? Maybe. Is that because of the autistic spectrum? Most likely. <laughs> but yeah, like with uh, my half the movie's appearance, just because it's edited out, don't feel a certain way about that already. I mean, complain to Tony about it, but it might still be good. I don't know. <laughs> Form your own opinions. Your own that's opinion. all I need. Yeah. But that's also... Everybody should do that. That's also why uh, one thing that happens to me that annoys me is when I like something that does turn out to be popular. And it's like, no, I don't like it because it's popular. I formed my own opinion about it. 
but people in Sweden. Dude, that's how that's I felt when I, when I grew a beard. Yeah. When I stretched my ears. It's like, oh, once this happened, then everybody started fucking doing it. Now it's like this hack thing. Hey, you look like a hipster. Not at all, though. I'm not at all. Could care less about anything hippie is like. Fuck them. I just hate my chin, and I like having a red beard. What the fuck's the problem? It's just such a weird thing that that, that happens. Things that you don't think are so trendy and individualistic to you become a trend. You're like, now I don't feel so special. Yeah. Of course, I'm joking, but you see my point. It's like hipsters came out right after I figured out I could grow a full beard. Bastards. Rap bastards. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's also the same thing where you shouldn't need to feel special just because you're doing something differently than everyone else. Because true, true. Like liking something because it's not popular is as bad as liking something because it is popular. It's, and vice versa with the hating. Hating something because it's it's popular to hate it. Yeah. Not cool. Doesn't make you special. Like, oh, I don't like this thing. I don't like Shane Gillis. But it is, it is funny to dislike something that everybody loves. Yeah. That's my that's my angle. It, so if everybody loves fucking Newt Rockney, I'm gonna shit on him. Because it, it's fun for me. Do I actually give a fuck about Newt Rockney? No. Okay. That's but that's. I see your point. I I, I can see why. I, if I was in your position, position, I would have complained about me as well. I would have put me my name just down as a complaint, <laughs> Patrick. Okay, so he fucking sucks. <laughs> He's not understanding anything. But I mean, I also I don't care. But uh, I felt like it was something that we should discuss. And hey. What sure. better form to discuss it in than the form of a complaint? That's that's the fifth that's the that's the fifth cliche uh, podcast right there. Discussing our issues on on mic. Perfect. Oh, yes. We've nailed them all, I think, except for the sports stuff. We, yeah, that that's going to be a complicated one. Yeah. Talking a lot about hockey. Oh, did you see the maple leaves uh, destroyed the fucking penguins in the, the fifth period? My favorite part was the fight. I got nothing. Yeah, it was fun. I did go to one hockey game towards the end of last year. As like it was a company party, we got a booth, okay. and as soon as the game started, I'm like, "When is the appropriate time to yell out, bet you won't hit him?" Because that's all I want to do is try to instigate a fight from the stands. Was it a professional game? Yeah. It was uh, Flyers for right. someone. Apparently, Bert Reicher was there, but I left before they showed him on the jumbo screen. So all my coworkers who know that I dabble in comedy, which telling them was a mistake. But they were like, well, you're excited to see Bert Reicher. I was like, yeah, I was already gone. I was already at Two Street Bar by the time. They showed him, <laughs> and no it's of it. Yeah, I've only seen college hockey live. That's why I asked. Oh, well, do they have Notre Dame? No, I didn't. Yeah, Notre Dame. <laughs> Think about it. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't. No, no. Doesn't make any sense. When we got the tickets, I was like, they have a hockey team. <laughs> and you know what's funny? One of their best players, I'm pretty sure, was Laotian or something. <laughs> Definitely Asian of some kind. Like, seems very odd. <sighs> yeah, probably grew up in Canada. Though. I guess I, I didn't know Canada had Laotians. That's what I'm saying. Where else the fuck would he come from to go to South Bend? It's weird. Like, we barely have water. What are you doing? I, I do know Canada has a lot of Somalis, though, so soon you're going to see a bunch of Somali hockey players dominating the ice. Oh, 
Dude, dude, oh my god. The biggest Somalian. They're not going to be pirates like we expect, right? They're just going to be jacked, you know, extra long forearmed men. That's fantastic. So what do you want to do? You want to do some bits, man? Uh, yeah. Some jokes. Let's see what I got. I don't write great jokes, but I do write jokes great, meaning they are legible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm reading them at random, so who knows what this okay. is to say. It's funny when people talk. This, again, that's what it says. It's funny when people talk selling your soul to the devil, and I always think, what is my soul worth? I don't think I'd get fame or fortune. He'd probably be like, well, I can give you normal colored hair. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that one. A lot of self Oh, Jesus Christ. I think that's what this says. How come sparkles are cool, but I take a can of hairspray to a lighter? I'm an asshole. Oh, here we go. It's sparklers. I can't read my own handwriting. How come sparklers are cool, but when I take a can of hairspray to a lighter, I'm an asshole? To be honest, my cousin's birthday party was pretty boring, and someone had to light the candles. Hmm. I see what you're going for. That's more of a humorous story than a joke, I'd say. It's going to make me vomit is what's going to happen. Uh, I fucking hate my Grandpa Brian. Wait, I meant to say I fucking killed my Grandpa Brian. Sorry. I thought you were going to say I hate fucking my Grandpa Brian. Would have been good, too. How many of these do you have? Like, how often are you writing to I haven't. I haven't wrote in probably... Two years. See, that's what I get the feeling of, but it's you still have. I just have stuff. Yeah, yeah the, a lot of this stuff, man. If you and I were to sit down together, we'd find, we'd find the thing. Like we like remember the theme, the theme park joke. Yeah. Or we, yeah, if we if we'd sit down and actually work this shit out, there's there's potential to all of it. But everything in here is basically just like a uh, a blueprint. Yeah. You know, there's nothing inside. There's no substance. I'm just saying a funny thing, like. Uh, I've never seen someone sleep outside of a shrimp re- uh, restaurant. Oh wait, yes I have. It's like they think they're gonna run out, they're gonna run out, or it's gonna be fresher. But I then realized he was just sleeping and had no intention, uh, or money to purchase the shrimp. That's terrible. Even the wording is bad on that. Yeah. Sorry, you got one. Uh, I'm fucking burying us. Yeah, here. I I have a bit that I've here's one that I started working on last week, and it's been. It's kind of a longer one than what you've been giving me, but it's also uh, one that I'm getting laughs in places that I didn't expect to get the laughs. Like in places throughout the Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm getting laugh. I'm not getting laughs where I thought I would get them, and I am getting them where I didn't think I would get them. So I'm not sure how I feel about it or how I'm going to tweak it yet. I actually... Okay. I didn't write this down, so I'm gonna try and remember it off the top. Give me a second to like calm up, rather think about it. Um, so I've got no game. Like I'm not. Uh, I can't pull girls. I'm not good at picking up chicks. But one this one time, I tried to get a girl, and she was like, oh, "I'm flattered, but no, I'm not interested." And at least she was flattered, though. Like you know, at least, at least she was flattered by the thought that I would be interested. Cause this one chick, she was like, the very idea that you would be interested in me makes me feel worse about myself. And <laughs> bitch wasn't even flattered. Like <laughs> that was the least she could do was be flattered. 
Now, now she feels bad about herself, and I feel bad about herself. And um, mm-hmm. like she could have just kept that to herself instead of making us both feel bad, bitch. <laughs> I like the bitch ending. That is, that, that is very good. Because flattery is nice. Flattery should be nice. Exactly. Like to see a guy that you're not interested in be willing to come, you know, let let you know that he's interested. Yeah. It's fucking sweet. Yeah. Like this guy shouldn't have any self-esteem. And yet here he is talking to my beautiful ass. I'm flattered, but also go away. Exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. So where are you getting the laughs? So at least she was flattered. That gets the first struggle, but I feel like it takes too long for me to build up to, which I was expecting like something in the, I get, I'm like, I got no game. Like I figured at least a polite chuckle at that, but nothing. So it's just like, I need to figure out, I need to weave in a quick joke there, but all the stuff that I can think of is kind of hack. I feel like I'm just going to wait to get no response after that first sentence and be like, the least you guys can do is act surprised. And then, uh, there you go. That works. I do, uh, after I say at least she was flattered, I got a bigger laugh than I was expecting the first time I said it because. I thought the joke would be at the girl who wasn't flattered, but it's. I think I just project that too much. Like people can see that part coming. By the time I get to, at least she was flattered. That's the part that no one thought of. And also, I didn't include this when I told you, but like usually at that point, it's like I say, at least she was flattered. I'm still gonna call her a bitch on the way home, but I'm glad she was flattered for that moment. And that. Uh, yeah, I get like a big laugh at the bitch at the end. But it was... maybe you could add something about like being able to flatter a lot of women. I don't know how many guys out here. I'm sure you might have had a lot of partners, right? You might have been with a lot of women. But have you flattered as many as me? You know how I many women I've walked up to at a bar, said something nice and cordial, and she said she was flattered and I never saw her again? It's fucking so many, dude. Thousands. You know what? I'm actually gonna gonna try and fit that in next time. At least that idea. There's there. Yeah, that like there's something about being flattered over and over. Imagine being a female who gets that's your thing. Like I'm, I go to bars just to make my self esteem raise from all these fucking guys hitting on me. I want. I'm a lesbian for sure. You know what I mean? But I need that to feel nice. There's something there. Yeah, there's because imagine if you're a guy. Put yourself in the position of being a guy who's constantly flattered. By women. Just you're constantly turning down women who are telling you you're fucking awesome. They want to hang out with you. You're like, thanks, I'm flattered. Yeah. You seem more like an asshole. Yeah, I think right? yeah, I think I should focus more on how I like to flatter. So this was just like a half baked idea that I like threw out. And then I I, love it. I was getting bigger laughs than I expected, not in the places that I expected, but bigger laughs. And I was like, Okay, I should stick with this, but since I didn't like, I don't write my jokes word for word. I kind of come up with bullet points and figure out what the funny parts are, and then I can be more free form with it when I tell it. So I noticed yeah. myself like on stage getting stuck in the. At least she was flattered. I like that she was flattered. I just say that she was flattered multiple times because when it gets laugh, I'm like, all right, well, let me stick on that for a while, but I need to move on to something before I go on to the girl who wasn't flattered. And then yeah. figure out how. Yeah. I imagine not being flattered, though. You should be flattered. You should always be flattered when that situation arises, you know? 
Exactly. Even if it's the guy you have no intentions of being with, be flattered by the fact that that fucking guy, you know what I mean? He came up and said something. I mean, the courage. Yeah. Talk about it with your friends all night, and then you go home with a different guy. That's all stuff. Flattered is just an interesting word in itself. Exactly. You know, when you really break it down, you're like, yeah. bet, to be flattered? That it's based on a true story. So a part that I throw in a lot is that, like, and the weird part is, I wasn't even trying to hit on this girl. She just told me that out of nowhere. <laughs> she didn't hit that up. She should have kept that to herself. Yeah, that, <laughs> but, that's her go-to. She said that four other times before you showed up. Yeah. But usually by the time yeah. I get to that point, it doesn't get as big a response as I thought it would, so yeah, but I'm gonna tweak it, and now I have some new ideas of how to what, what this? Yeah. You add this, you could be like how many drinks do you think a woman has to have before she can officially get flattered? <laughs> you know, how many? Six? Seven? One? That's good. I'm 11 drinks in to be to have the courage enough to try to flatter a woman, how many drinks does she have to feel flattered? Because a second girl you know what I mean? There's something there for sure. I like that's it. Fair. Yeah. I'm over I mean, that, that's why I'm talking to you. Because it, it's, it's funny, like, my goal shouldn't even be to try and get the girl. It should be to just try and get her flattered. Yes, only flattering, dude. That's it. I only want to, I'm never going to buy her a drink, dude. I'm just going to do what I can verbally to flatter her. Yeah. Hey, I have those same shoes. Oh, I'm flattered. Well, fucking that's weird, but it worked. Yeah. yeah. And she's wearing fucking, you know women's shoes of course you're like i have those same shoes doesn't matter i like explaining the joke <laughs> sometimes you gotta do that it, it's funny because you know what manny that should, huh? that should be my show i should just do a show like a magician where i just reveal how i got from a to b in this what is i what what i consider a joke yeah honestly that should be this show we we can both do that fuck it let's just analyze jokes everybody's joke yeah can I tell you a joke that's one of my favorites, and I'm not even a fan of this guy that much? Sure. Because I don't memorize very many jokes. It's hard. But Sam Morrill, not one of my favorites. I think it was on his Netflix special or something like that. Okay. Where he says that he masturbates the same way that he eats late at night. Quietly and over the sink. <laughs> I think is the point. Right. I, dude, it's so perfect. Yeah. That's so perfect. I eat... I masturbate and, uh, dude, I mean the visual even, because everybody's eight late at night, it's dark, you open the fridge light, that's all you got, you grab an old slice of pizza, whatever the fuck it is, but you're masturbating instead over the sink, dude, that's an, I mean, that's a wordsmith for sure, yeah. somewhere I'll never get. That's good. I I do like Samuel, I, I feel like he has a lot of stuff that doesn't hit as hard as he could, but he does have like some brilliantly executed jokes like uh have you ever watched the full Samuel special? Yeah, I've even seen the rooftop guy. Okay, the, the yeah, the rooftop one, not the best. Uh, one of my favorites sure. is I forget which special it is, but it includes the story of uh, the White Knight. Okay, uh, so it's I I don't know if you want me to spoil the whole thing because it is a. It's a brilliant. What's your what, why, why? Well, it's one of the better callbacks in comedy. Is uh, okay. It it starts out with him like the special starts out with him explaining how he travels a lot of places for comedy, and one of the places that he travels is 
I forget the city Naples and people are like, oh, wow, Naples, Italy. I suck at geography. So this probably makes no sense. But he's like, no, I'm in fucking Naples, Virginia. <laughs> and, okay. and he has to, like, he's disappointed telling his uh, family that. And then, you know, special continues. And he tells the story of a time he's in, I want to say in Chicago. And he's trying to, like, bring this girl home. And the girl's got, like, a friend with her who's not her, her boyfriend, but they're, like, the friend that's too close to her. And the quasi-boyfriend is like, if if you want to take her home and fuck her, you got to go through me. We got to fight. And he was like, well, I'm not going to fight you over this random piece of strange. Like, because that was my plan, but I would have wanted it different. I'm butchering all of his material right now. It's, not, it's typical. Yeah. yeah, you can't help it. It's just how. Yeah, it works, man. but but anyway, this mysterious figure appears out of nowhere, and he says, "I wouldn't have let him hurt you." And it's a guy dressed like a white version of Batman, just like all white. He's the White Knight. There's more jokes about that, probably KKK related. And right. he's like, "Yeah, I'm a big fan." And like they meet, and he's like, "Oh wow, it's a real life vigilante." going around the streets of Chicago. And he, him and the White Knight would email sometimes, and he's like, oh, I'm doing a show here. Oh, I'm doing this here. And eventually, after years, he sends an email to the White Knight, and the White Knight's like, oh, I'm really tired from being a vigilante. I'm married. I have a family now. Like, I'm, I realized I was really unhappy with myself back in those days, and that's why I was going around fighting strangers under the guise of fighting crime. What about you? It's like, well, I'm still doing comedy, but I'm in Naples. And it's like, oh, Naples, Italy? And I was in Naples, Virginia, but I just let him think that, and I said yes. (laughs) Which It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean... Over the course of the hour special, that's one thing that I one thing about callbacks in general is a lot of people will try to fit them in like a space that's too short for me, like a minute set. I feel like doesn't require callbacks or a five minute open mic set. But if you can do it over a larger set, like the Ladder Fifteen set, which I can't go to because I called one bitch a cunt or and yeah. our special, then it makes more sense to try and weave in callbacks and make your jokes flow together. Well, I, can you can you argue that maybe that's why we liked a special? Because that's what we were looking forward to? Yeah. Putting, you spent all these, these days going to all these different cities to perfect these jokes, and you don't have a callback. Dude, there's nothing worse for me than watching a special and they just go, all right, guys, that's my time. Deal. There's nothing? Give me something. See, I do like callbacks when they're done well, but I feel like, especially recently, too many people have come to expect them, and you get a lot of hack callbacks. Like, it's like a horror movie trope of closing the mirror. Yeah, there's gonna be something behind the mirror. Look at you know what I mean behind you, or then it's not there, and then you open the mirror back up. All of a sudden, he's behind the door, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a a gimmicky thing, but when it's done right, it beats everything else. Well, it beats everything else. That's why I like the new Dave Chappelle special. I don't know if you've I haven't watched seen it. that yet. Yeah, because I don't like most of the recent stuff Dave Chappelle's done. 
But he thank you. He has like the new special was a lot sillier. Was a like better overall. The hour flew by, and he has what about? I mean, huh? I was just gonna say. I just want to add to that. You said he's being more silly. I like that Dave Chappelle. Yeah. The, the Dave Chappelle that was sort of defending himself because of what he was saying, it, political, it kind of got just old. Where I'm like, Dave, I get it. You're getting to this position, being an, an adult, you know, where you have to talk about these things. But you don't. You could just be goofy, man. Be goofy. We like that shit still. Exactly. We know that you want to make a point, you know? Exactly. This is the special where he remembered to be goofy again. He's not as goofy yeah. as he used to be. But he's still doofy, and he does like some technical, just like mastery level stand up, where he has oh, yeah. one of my favorite callbacks of all time. He starts out early, and he goes with this preamble about how this is one of those jokes that I'll tell in front of a state, an audience of thousands of people, and four will laugh, and I say to myself. That's good enough, and it, <laughs> and he goes on to like it's not the best joke, but it's about how uh, like white people are so rich that they'll fucking go into the submarine, and what if the ghost could talk to see the Titanic? They'd be like, "Join us in our watery grave," and he'll like do the gurgling sound, whatever. Pretty good. And oh, yeah. he's like, "My." It's, it, they- than what like his last couple being him even just doing that little act out is different than the other stuff. You know what exactly. I mean? But then one of the things he says is, "My wife hates that joke," and it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that seems like a joke that a woman wouldn't like. And then he, yeah. he ends the special talking about how his wife was worried about like, what if you, what if you die? What what's gonna happen? to us, your family, how will we support yourself? And he's like, I've got something, I've, I've got a lockbox at the bank that will take care of you for the rest of the time, so don't worry about it. I've saved away. And he's like, this bitch went and checked the lockbox while I was still alive. So <laughs> she goes into the lockbox expecting to see like a bunch of money or silver or something of value. And it's holy grail. It's just his joke book, which I like because I mean that's say what I said. That's funny as hell. Yeah, that's perfect. I I like I like that because it's like yeah. As one of the things that I realized that got me into comedy is like as a comedian, you realize that your jokes and the stuff that you can create works as currency. So, but Dave Dave Chappelle's wife is reading these jokes. And she's like, what is this? This is awful. Join us in our watery grave. And he's like, nah, bitch, you've got to say it with the inflection. Watery grave. And he does like the voice juggling thing. But it's like, ah, that is why his wife hates that joke in particular. And it's not even like an acknowledged callback that he makes a big deal about it, but just a reveal of like, (laughs) oh, that's the joke that she read in the book that's like, my future depends on this dumb, watery grave joke that can only make four out of a thousand people laugh. Like, no wonder yeah. she hates that joke, and it recontextualized it. Yeah, the interpretation is always going to be the problem. Yeah, And that's exactly what we have to deal with making a podcast. Like, 400 years from now, somebody discovers this on a fucking hard drive somewhere, right? 
they have everything's out of context. Exactly. You're gonna have to try to. It's the same thing with the Bible. Yeah. Right. You find all this literature, literature somewhere, and you got to put it together and decipher it in your own way and rewrite it somehow. Everybody's gonna have a different thought as to what it meant. I mean, it's what or what it was supposed. It's why one of the most classic sayings in anything comedy related is, "Ah, oh, you couldn't make that today," because it's like a lot of comedies on what is on the fringes of acceptable, and that's gonna change over the time. So it's like the absolutely the context of like a lot of jokes that I would make on a stage in front of a room full of strangers. I wouldn't say at a wedding dinner in front of a room full of strangers. Like it's all about the context of what's going on. Or like if if I'm talking about Lizzo five years from now, that might not be as funny as it was last year. That's true. Yeah. But there are some that just stick within oh, yeah. pop culture that you like. You can make Clinton jokes forever. That's true. You know what I mean? That's just well, not forever. He's got. A, I don't know. Maybe forever. What happens when he dies? He's going to be even more popular. Yeah. His records are going to his jazz. <laughs> his saxophone records are going to blow off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Try to make a joke there about him being a, mu- a musician. But uh, what I did want to bring up here because we're talking about comedy quite a bit. Uh, have you gotten any further into the George Carlin YouTube special thing? Still haven't started. I heard like the first minute. I've just been busy overall because I started a second job. That's fair, buddy. No but, pressure. Yeah. I'm just asking. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Legion actually brought it up. Say what? The, uh, the Legion of Skanks brought it up on the recent Legion of Skanks like live at the stand or whatever. Yeah. And they, they took Dan Soder's voice, Tim Butterly, Luis Gomez, Big J and Dave, and they did AI versions of their stand-up. And if you, you got to go watch this episode, my friend, because it might be better than their actual stand-up. I, Especially Lewis, the the Lewis AI jokes were fucking almost perfect, dude. I, I, so you'll you'll. I actually he goes last though, so you have. To- I actually did see that episode, and I did like <laughs> the jokes. It was funny though, because you could tell the AI was using like the same setups for everyone. I like the I was very surprised by it because everything else I've seen up to that point and the George Carlin thing surprised me too any of the other AI stand up even if you type it into chat GPT tell me a joke about cats or whatever it's fucking sounds robotic but then you hear these people's fake voices and you're like okay kind of you could work you could work that in yeah. to your set eat yeah little rewording little reflection you know I, I remember like <laughs> I, I listened while I was doing something else, but I could hear the joy in Lewis's eyes, if that makes sense. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but he, they was like, oh, no, I'm going to steal this joke from ChatGPT. <laughs> there was such a nervousness, no, nervousness though, nervousness, though uh, when you actually watch him before it plays, because he went last. So there's four other comics who are clearly better comics, maybe not Dave Smith, but you know, Dan Soder, Big J, certainly better comics than, than Lewis. And then Lewis's AI goes and smashes the first joke. He was almost jumped out of his seat. He was so happy. He found a loophole, right? Because if you could pull that off, you could just do that shit on stage and people will be none the wiser. Yeah. But again, it does take a little bit of extra work. Just like they say with the movies using, uh, you know, AI script writers and shit like that. It's like, you're still going to have to make it human somehow. Yeah. But then it's also like, the the fact that those jokes were all written in the style of those comments is like, well, they need to have a body of work for the AI to know your style. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
Who who do you think would be fun to throw in there and see what they would come up with? Throw like a dead or alive comedian, throw them into an AI system and have them spit out a special. Who do you think would be good? Artie Lang? Yeah. Uh, I would want to see what a modern Eddie Murphy does. Oh, that'd be inch that dude. Hold on. There's this thing that I keep seeing on Tubi. I've told you about Tubi TV. I can't stop watching it. There's a lot of specials on there and there's something from Eddie Murphy and I, it's called Eddie Murphy as himself. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. So this is a mystery to me. I'm going to look this up right now. See what, see what it says on Google here for this, because I don't know if this was a special because to me, what that was is him mocking Bill Cosby. Perfect. Right. Cause that was his special. Yeah. I do remember the Bill Cosby joke in his special. One thing that I was uh, laughing about with my co-workers just the other day is now that Bill Cosby's like out of jail and allegedly going back on tour, mm-hmm. what do you think his modern comedy is going to be like? Because I think the funniest thing would be if he didn't change it at all. If he kept with the wholesome family persona and as her fucking convicted rapist continued to say, well, these men need to pull their pants up, you know? Right. That's very smart. That's very, very smart. That, that, because people would think that he's going to turn. All of a sudden, he's going to turn and he's going to be this hardcore guy. I've been to prison, yada, yada. But no, he was still cleaning his cell like a gentleman, shaking it. You know what I mean? Just being the Bill Cosby, the Dr. Huxtable that we all remember, yeah, right? just hey, hey, so hey, kids, like Fat Albert. Yeah. The Eddie Murphy Let's himself. go back to the right? So I Google it, and it does come up. It is a thing. It's apparently a documentary. It's labeled as a documentary, but it doesn't give me a plot. Hmm. It's uh, rated four out of five on Voodoo. It is available currently on uh, Tubi and a bunch of other places. The, the I think it's on YouTube as well. At least the trailer is. But it's directed by Lucy Ciara uh, McCutcheon. And it just says this. Actor, comedian, superstar Eddie Murphy is the epitome of raw comic success. Creating a roar of laughter when on stage or screen. Arguably, he is the permanent black comic of his era. And at his peak, no other performer was a bigger star. Makes you curious, right? Yeah. What is he? Is he mocking Bill in this? Because he really was not happy with Bill's thoughts on him. And every and that's what I think really made a lot of us fall in love with Eddie. You're like, yeah, fuck that guy. Let him do his thing. I'm gonna do my fucking thing. Fuck him. Yeah, he very beautiful. He did the classic thing where it's like, uh, that you like where it's like, oh, a beloved guy that nobody can say a bad yes. word about. <laughs> Thank you. I've never thought of myself as Eddie Murphy like, but that is you're spot on. <laughs> We're basically the same guy. No, but I, I get I get that. Yeah, it's a wholesome character. Sitcom after sitcom, money on top of money, and he's telling me to not cuss. Come on, man! And then it turns out he's actually the arch villain, you know, of the whole thing. It's fucking crazy. So crazy. One of the few, right? How many we got? As far as comedians. You could throw a Dalia in there. You could throw a Brian Callen in there of the allegations. Sure. Who else? I mean, Louis C.K. is the obvious okay, one. Sure. Throw in there. Um, that, that's we, we got four. Yeah. I mean, who else we got? That's. A, do you know who Charleston White is? Why do I know that name? So he's not a comic per se. He's like a modern like today uh, social media guy who. I don't know his full backstory, but 
I think he's gotten away with raping white women, like, unironically, yeah. and just goes on different shows and brags about it, and that's his whole personality. All right, let me, can I just read what I found? Okay. So this is what I – you know how when you go on Google and it gives you, like, uh, people also ask? Yeah. Okay, the first thing was, what is Charleston White known for? And it says, Charleston White served years in prison for murder as a teen before hitting on Cardi B and feuding with streamer Aiden Ross. White is a YouTube personality who makes videos with influencers and celebrities in the hip-hop community. That's the part that's highlighted. All the other, the bad shit, not highlighted. <laughs> so he's a YouTube personality who hit on Cardi B and had a feud with Aiden Ross. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't count him. Also not a great guy, but as far as comedian, you know, I, he's not he's not doing stage time. Not a great guy. What the fuck? I, I, I went to school with a kid named Charles. Yeah. So when I hear that, that name, it just makes me think of that guy. And sort of same, except for I think Charles was uh, – he was certainly on one of the ends of the spectrum, if that's fair to say. Thick glasses ran to every class you know what i mean cool guy though didn't bother anybody you know just a little bit odd anyways what were we saying uh, that's all we got though we got those four guys and that's about it whereas you look at nfl nba athletes as a whole uh-oh oh yeah but this is the cancer right people that are being canceled from whatever it is they do does that happen that often in football did ben roth roethlisberger lose his job after holding those girls in the back whatever he did in the bathroom right Nah, he's still got to go and play quarterback for three years. Yeah. So I guess it's a matter of your value, huh? Yeah, I mean, how much money can you make? Where's cancel culture when it comes to the Catholic priests? True. Fucking true. Just burn the shit down. What are we talking about? Yeah. It's a creepy fucking idea in the first place. Exactly. You know, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to this brick building and pray to a entity in the sky. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it too after being eight years old and touched by everybody in here. God said it's okay. I gotta do it harder right. now. Yeah, getting more invested. I can't wait to be my. I can't wait to become a priest myself. Is what some of them are saying. Wait, you're saying one? You're saying one of the stipulations, one of the benefits actually, of being a priest. All the young boys I could want. Crazy, crazy that you wouldn't do it, right? Fucking idiots. It's just an odd. It doesn't make any sense. And I guess I, I boil it down to this. Make it make sense. Just make it make sense. A little bit. So when you say Bill Cosby going to perform, him him doing what you're saying would make the most sense to, to us as, as comedy fans. But to people that are just sort of getting into comedy, you know, their first person they ever see do comedy was Shane Gillis. To see Bill Cosby flip the script and become that other guy, they might become a fan of that. But it's not going to be as funny to us knowing how he got started because himself that fucking special bill cosby himself was one of my favorites no bullshit see i've never had and i go ahead i've never actually uh watched bill cosby stand up uh you it's so goddamn slow i i could believe that but he makes he draws you in and my favorite bit is when he's talking about uh smoking weed talking shit about smoking weed <laughs> He's just sitting in a chair and he's like, it makes you cough, all this different. It's not the greatest joke, but the faces he makes, he, he, just, he just understood it yeah. well before a lot of people did. And, and other people were like, yeah, well, we don't have to be soft, you know, because he's taking the opposite angle of myself where it's like Bill's like, 
oh, I'm going to I'm going to trash a thing that seemingly everybody enjoys. But I don't enjoy. So I guess it is the same thing. He's like, I like weed. I do enjoy weed. Does Bill like weed? No, he hates it. That's why he's trashing it. So I guess it is kind of the opposite. I don't know. I'm confusing myself at this point. It's the same thing. I mean, my, my thing is, yes, it's cool to, come to trash the stuff that everyone likes, but you need to have a justification for it. Not just sure. people like this, so it must be done. Yeah, I absolutely don't like it because so many other people do. I got to be on the outskirts. Yeah. Which I get. You know, I do that with a lot of stuff, and it's obviously in a joking manner myself. I don't actually dislike Patrice O'Neill at all. Yeah. I don't like bandwagons. I don't like people that like him because they think they should. Yeah. That makes sense? That's fair. Because we see that. You, you're in the comedy space enough where you're like, that guy is literally ripping off Dave Attell. Yeah. You're doing exactly his thing. I mean, it's fine, whatever. Everyone's going to take a little from here from there. But I don't know, it is what it is. We can only complain. That's it. We can't change nothing. Hey, if, if you want to change something... <laughs> Do anything other than a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is well, unless you're Steven Crowder, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He thinks that fucking weirdo. Well, he he thinks it, but how much has he actually changed? <laughs> That's I right. don't think Steven That's Crowder right. stopped one person yeah. from transitioning or whatever he's That's mad about. Yeah. That's so funny. I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. He's trying so hard to change so many things, but it's working none. Zero. Never listened to a show. Just one of those guys that's sort of in the... And it's funny because like one of the whole uh, focal points of his podcast or his show or his personality is it's impossible to change even my mind through podcasting. (laughs) But I'm going to podcast so much it changes all of your minds. Yep. We're going to ingest this stuff so wholeheartedly that it's in the bloodstream now. We are you, Steven Crowder. You are me and I am you. That's really what they want when you think about it. Just a bunch of thems running around. We agree. We agree. Nobody to counteract their points, which that's what we were kind of doing when we started the show. Is like, I need you to agree with my complaint, Manny. Don't tell me that I'm wrong about it. Agree with it. But no, it made a funner show for us. Yeah. You know, the fact that you were being like, but old people get hurt fucking chopping onions dude which is fair and that's how you that's how you make humor guys you're welcome we're teaching everybody something out there yeah this is an educational we're teaching podcast. you not to do a podcast without a plan uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right dude i gotta go walk around for another four and a half hours so my legs don't get restless by the end of the night that's a callback callback for the beginning of the show all right i gotta go smoke <laughs> enough cigarettes that i don't hate my life so this has been the man yeah. pad. What up, you pad man? And go fuck yourself. I'm tired. <laughs> find us on YouTube. Find us on Patreon. Fucking find us. Type it in. Whatever. Yeah. Listen to it. We'll be back next week exactly. with some more heat for you. Peace out.